welcome to today's episode. The title for today is Why is Customer Service So Hard in the Clean Industry and What's Going Wrong? Um, so, Diane, you're here with me today. I'm Louise. And we watch a lot of things on the Facebook groups and we see a lot of scenarios where people are saying, how could the customer be so unreasonable? And everybody gets on and tells them to sack that customer off. What's your thoughts on this, Diane? <laughs> yeah, I, I love it when I see a thread like that because it often is. Yeah, the, I would say probably 80% of the advice in the comments is, yes, the customer's terrible, don't go back. Um, and I always look at it as a business owner and think, wow, is this how the industry responds to problems, to feedback? Um, and actually, I think we need to do something about that. I think that customer service needs to be at the core of our business. Well, that's easy to say, a bit harder to do. And, and I think we've both been there where a customer does something that we perceive as unreasonable. And, you know, how, how do you not respond with just go away? Why should I go back if, if you're going to be horrible to me anyway? Because it's, I hate to say this, it's kind of childish. It's kind of, you know, the, it's, it's, you're just reacting from an emotional point rather than from a business point. So I think, you know, if, if a customer is up saying something that you're not happy with or has complained about something or has, you know, said something that you're not happy with, then you have to kind of consider, first of all, have they got, you know, are they within their rights to say or do that? have you kind of contributed to it anyway is it some way that you know you something you could change or learn from from the situation rather than it immediately being an emotional reaction so let's get specific right I'm going to give you some scenarios Diane okay so I, I haven't got any in front of me these are just made up ones but they come up quite commonly so they might be based on some real ones so um, a customer has told the cleaner that they don't want them to come back because they're too unreasonable. The cleaner thinks that's totally unrealistic because they missed the last clean because their daughter was in hospital. Um, the one before that, they had to attend school sports day. They tried to offer the customer a different day and the customer couldn't do it. And yes, they have missed three out of the last four. Uh, but come on, we're people. They know that I'm a mum. The customer's really unreasonable. Like, this is awful. And I think that's that again, it's such such a personal kind of reaction, isn't it? That I should be allowed to do these things. But actually, you're a business owner, whether you're a solo cleaner or whether you've got a team, you're a business owner and you're providing a service. And if you are letting your customer down, maybe you need to have a think about how you provide the service and how you schedule things. I know that things happen. I get it. Obviously, you know, if you've got a, somebody in hospital, then it's an emergency. But for other things, perhaps you could have sort of scheduled things a little bit further in advance. But for me, it's always about what does what does the customer see here? All they see is their house hasn't been cleaned. Yeah. And, and you know, is the customer always grumpy about it? They can sometimes give a little bit of a sarky comment. But generally, the customers, when we see what the customers have actually written, they're generally not horrible. They're quite factual and like you've missed three out of the last four I'm going to have to find a new cleaning service. Yeah. Usually the client at this point is just a little bit frustrated. They're like, I really like Susan or whatever the cleaner's name is, but she's unreliable because that's what else is the customer meant to see from you've missed three out of the last four cleans, regardless of the reasons. So if you were, let's call it Susan. Again, completely. <laughs> Sorry, <really> Susan. <laughs> um, what should Susan do? Well, 
Susan just needs to realize that actually she's made a commitment to her customers and she needs to find a way of doing her schedule. So maybe there's a bit more leeway in it, perhaps, um, and maybe communicating with her clients in a slightly different way in terms of, you know, maybe not leaving it quite so last minute to let the customer know that you need to reschedule. Maybe if you could look at your diary a bit further ahead and see that there are things coming up, then you could let the client know a bit sooner and they'd be a lot more flexible than if you ring them or text them on the day of the clean to say that you've got to go to sports day for instance as an example which is one that you used yeah and also I think some of us it's really hard because you want to be reliable but I know what it's like I've got young kids well they're getting a little bit older now but it's really hard they do go off sick um, and I've been lucky in that my partner's always been quite flexible but if you haven't got that most of us go into cleaning because we work around the school hours not most of us that's a lie I went into cleaning because I wanted to work around the school hours some us, yeah. yeah some of us if you've got a child off sick it's not a lot you can do and if that is going to consistently happen and my children I'm very lucky were very rarely sick but some of us do have children that do need a little bit more support than others it might be worth looking at actually how do you build up your week you know do you only schedule in three hours cleaning a day so that if, for example, your child was sick, you could always push them tomorrow. And at a push, you could do six hours. Um, or do you only look at one-off cleans so that actually you only put them on? You can earn more in your one-off cleans and you might only work two or three days a week. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and you can, yeah, you can you can fill your week with those one-offs, then yeah, you've got no obligation. And that can work really well if you want the school holidays off as well, can't it? But I think you're right. I think the the limiting what you've put in your diary is key here. And we do this with our team. We don't get, you know, we could give our team six hours of cleaning a day, but if anything happened, we've got six hours to try and fill. Um, so yeah, giving giving yourself less work could could in this scenario work, couldn't it? Yeah. But then a lot of people say, well, I can't work less because I need the money, but they're too afraid to put the prices up. So, you know, it swings in roundabout. But anyway, right. Let's give you another problem, Diane. The customer was really, really unreasonable. They said I didn't clean all the kitchen cupboard fronts. And I did. I did. I've got photos. I did it. That's an interesting one. I don't, does this really happen that a customer says you cleaned something and you absolutely didn't took photos? I've got to say, so I've had ones like this where the customer goes, uh, I'm not really uh, happy that these cupboard fronts weren't done. And often it was by one of my staff and I'll go back in the stuff like I absolutely did. And normally if I'm in the house, it's really easy. I'll go up to the customer and say, could you just show me, you know, nothing more simple than could you show me rather than know you're completely wrong. And they'll show me and I'm supposed to have taken some toothbrush to some groove and you take the toothbrush there and you go, look, this is not coming off. This is the colour of your groove. And they go, oh, I feel really silly now. And it's resolved really nicely. But that's if you go in with a sort of curious attitude to go, what is it I'm trying to solve here rather than I did do it? Yeah. Um, but this happens a lot where the customer, I've had the customers where they say you didn't clean my windows and you go, and what is it that makes you think I didn't clean your windows or you've not, the cleaners didn't do my floor, they didn't mop my floor today. The first question is, what is it that makes you think they didn't clean your floor? Because it'd be very unusual for them not yeah, to mop your floor. Kind of standard, yeah. I think the thing with any any customer service, with, a, with a, some, a complaint, if you like, is to ask questions, isn't it? To actually find out what has gone on and investigate. But again, it's got to come from an emotionless place, hasn't it? Otherwise, you can't really deal with it. And we encourage our clients to give us feedback. 
Yeah. But it's hard though when you're on your own and you're on man band, um, self-employed, it's really hard because you can't help sometimes but take it personally. And you're saying approach this unemotionally. Okay, how on earth, if you were giving me advice, how do I approach this unemotionally? I, this customer's never liked me. She's always picking on me. She's always pointing out things that I've done wrong. Like, <laughs> what a dude I am. I think maybe if is it if is it only this customer? If it's only this customer and you've got nine customers that are amazing and love everything you do, then maybe you could have a look at your business and think, actually, maybe it is, we're just not a good fit. Maybe we aren't a good fit. But if you if it's not just one customer that's specific things, maybe you need to look at how you clean and, you know, actually be more, more methodical in how you work. Maybe it might be you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's say it's me. I love that I get to always play the yeah, bad. I like, I like blaming you, yeah. Okay, so me and to be fair I definitely know when I started out it probably was me um but you've kind of got to look at it and go okay what did I do wrong and how do I learn from this but it's really hard when you've worked your butt off on a customer's house and they are not happy with what you've done to then go back and go okay what have I done wrong and you just I can see how people don't approach that wanting to learn and then it just gets worse from there doesn't it yeah, and I think you're right. If you if you take it as a learning, so okay, in order to keep this customer happy, I just need to do this one little thing. That's that customer. And that's becomes part of what how you do business is you're learning to manage your client expectations and you're learning what makes each customer tick. And we have something as part of our sales process where I will actually I won't don't ask the customer what their thing is. A lot of customers have a thing, don't they? Whether it's light switches or it's, I don't know, that you didn't move the coffee tables or just something or the headboard. You know, some customers, it's just that. And if, once you know it, you've cracked it. You'll know you'll always keep that customer happy by always making sure the light switches are polished. And do you know the other thing that sort of bugs me a bit? So text or WhatsApp. So I, I'm not adverse to it. Like, love it. But if you have the slightest inkling of a complaint, get on the phone because... Yeah. They will sit there and they will sort of tell you all these things that you've done wrong. And, and it gradually, they'll start off with one little thing and it grows into about 20 by the time you're done. Whereas if you got on the phone, the reality is that customer wants to feel valued and listened to. It's very rarely do they actually have a problem with the cleaning. They want to feel appreciated. Yeah. So if at the first chance you say, look, can I talk about this? Let me understand. When can I call you? Let's talk about this. When can I come around and resolve it? They will never escalate it at that point. How to cut a customer off. I'll come around and resolve it right now. Oh, no, 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 it's not a real problem. I don't really need it fixed. Like the last thing they want is to make a big fuss. And so the best thing you can do is just say no quibbles. Let me come around. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, so either you'll pop round or like you said, a phone call because things can get misconstrued in text messages. I know it's a, neat, a really easy way of communicating, but it's also a dangerous way of communicating when you've got a problem because nobody can read between the lines. So they can only see what you've written. You can only see what they've written. You can't see the look on their face. You can't feel whether this is serious or how they actually meant it. And you'll be misinterpreting. They'll be doing the same. And before you know it, yeah, it's got out of control. So yeah, picking up the phone, saying that you'll just pop round, just listening to them, really. That's all you need to do. Yeah. And one of my favourite things is, what can I do to make sure this never happens again? And it might be, look, I'm not saying the customer's always right. I, I, do you believe the customer's always right? No, no definitely not. 
<laughs> but the customer does need to be listened to and I would say actually it is our fault sometimes and you have to own it sometimes and there's nothing I hate more than actually going oh it really is my fault like especially when I didn't do the clean let's say and they were misquoted or it's my fault I promised them something that we didn't deliver um and they go, well, you told me this, this, and this, and I don't want to pay for it. And the girls are going, we delivered it. And it was brilliant. And I'm sat there going, I can see what's happened. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's all on my head. And um, it's really but you know what? All those mistakes that we've made over the years, we've learned from them. And it helps us refine our businesses and how we do things. And going way back to when we were the ones delivering the cleaning, you know, we would get some feedback that we didn't like. But I le- I just had to learn, actually, all I have to do is fix that one thing and this customer will be mine for life. You know, it's like just this one little thing. Yeah, it might irritate me a little bit at the time, but is it that big a deal that she wants me to put her recycling out? No, it's probably not. But it kept that customer happy. You know, whatever it is, I'm, I'm, well, I'm you can say no. I could say no, but also if that's, if that's the only thing, then, you know, I could be accommodating. Probably recycling is probably the wrong example, but do you know what I mean? The, the light switches, <laughs> if I could just fix that one thing for them, they'll be they'll be happy and it's really not that much skin off my nose I think that but I mean customers they like to push you and they like go okay, well, can you just how often do we hear that can you just and you're like oh dear <laughs> yeah I can just but you know I've got to leave here well can you just I were you going to do this no I was not going to do this could you just yeah could you just yeah but we, you know we've, I, I you know I've had cleaners in my house and you know I struggle with it being a customer of you know I really want it done this way how do I tell the cleaner so you have to think of it from your customer's point of view it's hard for them too to give this feedback you know most people are not horrible most people don't want to tell you you missed a bit most people don't want to complain so don't make it any harder for them than it already is you know the customer's biggest fear is that you won't come back they want and need the cleaners like they're not coming at it from our I'm going to be mean to you point of view they know the reality is to get a cleaner they've probably had to maybe speak to two or three and those didn't turn up and like they've you've now been there six months or a year and you think you've got a good relationship and they feed this back to you their biggest fear is that you will take offense and so actually as a cleaner you've really got to sort of keep your emotions in check and just deal with the problem as the problem it is and please stop posting it on facebook like it's it's not a real problem and it feels almost like a battle of wills doesn't it like it feels like they don't want the customer to have one up over them or they don't want to be disrespected by the customer and we're sat there going the customer's not disrespecting you why are you perceiving it like this is it do you think that perhaps um it's it's because we're all taking it so personally it is a personal service and maybe that's why there's so much tied into it that you can't not like what I do I'm amazing so everybody's kind of like so defensive about it there is a lot of defensiveness and to be honest this is what I find when I'm talking to customers they go well I really don't want to feed back to the cleaners I'm like feedback to me feedback to me and I'm and I've got to say even I find when I'm feeding back to the cleaners I will filter it like I don't feed it back the way the customers fed it to me I will go so there's just two little things the customer fed back six but I was like well some of these are just one off I'm not going to fix those let's fix the two main ones and yeah I don't like showing my staff the you know when you get an email of a complaint 
or feedback let's call it feedback um <laughs> and it's like quite scathing and I'm going I cannot show the cleaners this so you just extract the two or three main points and you just feed those back um it's hard if you are the one receiving a scathing like email about you and actually the customer's not even that angry but the way it's written down makes it look horrible and the first thing I did was get on the phone to that customer and the customer's like wow I didn't want to say anything but here you go and I'm going you didn't want to say anything and you gave me that email (laughs) really (laughs) and and you give me a list yeah (laughs) oh this great big list well um but yeah, I think it is. Taking- I think it's lack of confidence as well that, you know, getting that, like you said, it's hard because when we receive feedback, it's not personally against us. Well, not normally. So we're then managing to filter it for our team. But actually, you know, when it when it's us going out doing the cleaning, there's no filter and it knocks your confidence. So maybe the reaction, the defensiveness comes from the damage to our confidence that we need to kind of hit back a little bit. And do you think it is inherent in the industry that maybe we do have less confidence? And I think, well, it's well documented that females have less confidence in themselves um, than men. And, and as we've talked, it is a very female dominated industry. And so actually, you know, it's the one place where I think as a mother, you get knocked a lot. Like you're the one that's like, "Mom, you forgot my shoes for school. Cause I didn't. I've got 20 million other things. And then you go to work. It's the one place where you can have professional pride. And when that knocks you as well, I think it's really hard. But this is this is so key, though. And the cleaning is yes, the cleaning is important, but actually looking after your customers outside of the cleaning is is also crucial in any business isn't it whether it's your team how they communicate or whether it's how you communicate and um, whether you're the cleaner or, or the business owner um it, it doesn't matter I mean and do you how many times have you been to a sales appointment Louise where they've said my last cleaner kept missing x they kept forgetting to empty the bin or whatever it was and so I just didn't say anything I just did it when they'd gone every time <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> I'm going, okay, so you, I think we've said this before, you'll take us on and you'll pay me multiple times the price, but you never send anything to your last cleaner that was with you for, these are the cleaners that were there six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. Yeah. And I'm going, you never send anything. And I didn't feel like I could, or I did, but they didn't really change. And I'm going, uh, did you, how did you say it to them? Because cleaners, most of us, if somebody says, like if somebody said to me, Louise, do this differently, I'd go, all right. <laughs> yeah. Why would you not? Most cleaners, if they understand the feedback, will just do it differently. Yeah. And and maybe because we know, and I'm sure people listening have gone to sales appointments where somebody said exactly that. They kept missing such and such, but I just I just did it when they'd gone. It annoyed me, but I didn't, it didn't annoy me enough to say anything. I didn't know how to say anything. It was awkward and I felt awkward because they're in my home and it felt uncomfortable. So if that's how a customer feels when we go to a sales appointment and we take them on as a new client, they're telling you that they can't complain. So when they do complain, that means it's quite a big thing that they've actually gone to the effort to give you that feedback. And they've had to break down a a little barrier themselves. So the least we can do, I think, is take it on in good part and actually try and at least um, fix whatever it is that's causing the problem in the first place. 
and and also be aware and make them feel good about it so the first thing I do on a phone call even if they've sent me a quite bad email I'm going well thank you so much like I really appreciate you've taken the time to do this now all of this is sortable so just talk me through it in your own words explain to me because they want to be heard so the first thing I'm like explain to me what it is that's gone wrong I have read your email but explain again and what's the most important part what do you want me to do to solve this um, they often don't know. And then I would obviously start the phone call. Well, this is what I would have in mind. I will come back today, tomorrow. I can't come back for whatever reason. If they've already fixed it themselves, I can either give you a discount or I can make sure on the next one, I personally check it. Well, I'd send my wonderful quality managers to check it. Um, I'll give you half an hour extra. I'll clean all your windows. I'll do your fridge. This so- Complaints are so fixable. Yeah. So listen to them is the fundamental thing there, isn't it? Right at the beginning, listen to them, let them have their say. Um, I mean, most customers aren't going to rant at you. Most customers are actually, you know, when you get them on the phone in person are quite reasonable. So listen to them, find out what the actual problem is. Then, like you said, ask them how you can resolve it. And and then, yeah. And then obviously, then, you know, you've got a whole kit bag of uh, suggestions as to how you can stop it happening again or fix it or whatever it is that you need to do about it and then do you know what I find the absolute brilliant if they are going to rant to you because I've been ranted at what's the best the best line is uh don't talk over me because what they do is they rant okay so you wait for them to finish right so it's big rant wait for them to finish then you start talking you get in one little bit and then they start going again and then you go do you want to listen to my response like I can't talk if you're going to talk over me, but you just have to stay super, super calm and understand that I very much doubt that whatever we did has made them this angry in isolation. Yeah. And and this is why it's key to be talking to them, not texting. Yeah. You can't have this level of interaction on a text message because First of all, you're sat there waiting for a response, getting emotional. They're feeling the same way. You're misinterpreting. And yeah, it's just not going to work. So, yeah, get on the phone. And like you said, you can control the conversation with and still be nice and calm. And if they are not going to be rational and they are not going to talk to you, as very rarely happens, then it's okay. let's now communicate by email. And it's going to be very formal. But, you know, at that stage, basically I'm writing letters that could go to court so it's going to be very structured I mean if we've got to that stage it's pretty bad but it happens yeah that's that's such a rare thing though isn't it in in I think that really most things are solvable with a little bit of patience and a little bit of niceness and just thoughtfulness really it's customer service the, the clues in the words (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and to be honest, it's so easy because the the, straight, the hardest thing comes when, and, and this is what I see in the groups, when let's say the cleaner's done something that hasn't quite met expectations or missed an area or the customer's not quite happy and the customer says, well, I'm not paying you or I'm only paying you half or, or this. And then the cleaner goes, well, I don't know what to do. Um, so your first thing is phone them up and say, I'm sorry, they want an apology, try and resolve it. They don't want it resolved. They just want a discount. Okay, what do you think is reasonable? And obviously what the customer thinks is reasonable and what we think is reasonable is totally different. So then I normally say, okay, well, how long did it take you to fix the bits you think we missed? Well, it took me an hour, didn't it? It took you 15 minutes. 
but fine, it took you an hour. Okay, well, we will knock off an hour from the agreed price. And so when we start negotiating with them in terms of time, that's a lot less emotive um, thing. And, and again, this is why it really helps if you charge per hour. I know some are per job. <clears throat> but if you, for example, missed off, let's say kitchen cupboard fronts, and they say, well, it took me an hour to correct them. And you're going, didn't, but whatever, we'll negotiate on an hour. You knock an hour off their 10 hour clean, then you can both agree on your nine hours. It's quite an easy agreement. Um, but again, it's listening to them and they, if you're just talking about money, they're like, well, knock 50 quid off. But if you were only charging 15 pounds an hour, you're going, oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's, it's the confidence knowing that, you know, you can solve the problem with them if you just listen and figure out what the actual problem is though, isn't it? And not that instant reaction of, but I did it. You're wrong. Mr. Customer um, or Mrs. Customer, um, it's it's a different way of approaching it, isn't it? Yeah. And the other thing is, if you are really emotional, and I don't know about you, but I've been really emotional. I've handed it to someone else. Yeah, I don't do it in my business. <laughs> no, no. I mean, when I was solo, or at least with a very small company, there's yeah. a point where it's like I can't deal with this. Um, because you're too emotionally involved and for a lot of people I normally say particularly when talking people through problems so business owners that are having problems I'm going could your partner help you with this well yes he agrees with everything you've said Louise everything you've said he's already said I'm like do you think he could write your emails here because the emails you're writing aren't going particularly well and I'm not going to write your emails so could you let your partner handle this dispute I mean this is when it's got quite bad could yeah. you let your partner handle it and I think as business owners, a lot of us don't want to hand it over, but there is a point where it's like, come on, you know, you've got someone with you that wants to support you and could handle it better. I've got to say, I would be, I would be letting someone else handle it. How would also, you I think sometimes, sometimes these feedback, they come in outside office hours, don't they? And, and if we choose to see them at outside office hours, I don't think we should ever respond outside office hours. Um, it, you should, you should sleep on it. You should take a little bit before you respond. Yeah, it's hard though, isn't it? It's hard to spend a whole day, you're emotionally invested and an hour later you get a message and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, Ooh, especially it's, if it's a text message. It's six six o'clock at night, you've had a text message. Do you need to deal with it at six o'clock at night? Oh, I've got to say, I probably would. I would deal with it, at least an initial response there and then. If it was a big one, so if I've done a big clean and say I've missed a whole room, but this doesn't happen, but say it was a big one like that, I've got to say I would pick up the phone there I and then. I would too. That's, that's slightly different. But I don't know. I just think sometimes when we respond instantly, we don't have to give ourselves time to think about our response either. And I think that can be quite useful in business just to go, do I need to deal with this immediately? Or actually, can I think on it? I don't know. With I think, yes, you're right. Yes, it needs thinking about. I would normally, if I had a big one and I was not sure what to do at the outset, I would talk it through with someone close to me. Uh, hopefully, if you're there, Diane, I'd pick up the phone. <laughs> how what do I do in this one I talk it through I'd probably leave it half an hour and then I would deal with it quite far if it was a big one if it's a teeny little one like I don't what, what's one that annoys me that I don't think the cleaners have mopped the floor 
I'm not going to rush to deal with that one. Come on. I'm not going to send them back out. It can be dealt with in the morning. And if they send it by email, I definitely will ignore it. If they send it by text directly to me, I don't tend to ignore it. I would go, uh, I'll give you a call at nine o'clock tomorrow morning. Yeah. But they're not going to get it sorted there and then anyway. But if it was, you know, if we missed a whole room, I would deal with it there and then. Yeah, but you definitely don't want to get into a text conversation at 7 p.m. at night. No, and if they <laughs> text me, it. if they text me, no, I would say after eight o'clock, I'm not going to respond full to- stop. But between seven and six and eight, I probably would respond. Um, but I'm not going to text. I don't like texting. I don't like it because it's so misinterpreted. And because I'm quite short and blunt and to the point, I get misinterpreted. Forget whether I'm misinterpreting them. I know that I'm misinterpreted. Yeah, I think everybody receives the written word on depending on how they're feeling. So your customer, if they're angry, are going to receive your written word in an angry state. And if you're then offended or feeling disrespected, you're going to receive what they've said in that state. And it's just yeah, not healthy. So, yeah, I think we'll agree to disagree a little bit on that because I'm very much like, no, my phone is office hours um, and outside of office hours, I just don't reply. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't say quite office hours, uh, but past eight o'clock, I wouldn't reply. Yeah. But to be fair, I'm quite lucky. I, I'm not the first line of call anymore. So but if it comes to me, it's going to be big. So I've got to say, like, they don't get in contact with me unless it is big. And then I'm like, oh, I've got to do this then. <laughs> so what's gone then? Then think back over the, the years, um, Louise, what's been your what's been your biggest success? Can you think of in uh, from a customer service point of view, how you handled something? Biggest success. I mean, there's lots of successes. Uh, there's a lot of failures too. There's a lot. Of... Share those as well if you like. <laughs> I mean, one of them recently was a. It was a six-hour clean every week. So they had six hours every week, and they'd had they got rid of their last cleaners and they took us on. And and my cleaners had gone in. They were on only on about third clean, and every wall was glass. Like why I don't know like funny mottled glass and she took me in there and she was like your cleaners have done a terrible job and I was like okay let's have a look and on the wall panels that are like mottled glass if you looked at the right angle from the right sort of squatting there were some fingerprints I was like how how do you expect the cleaners to do this and she was like and look at this she lifted up a couple of ornaments and there was some dust on the glass surface mirrored surface and she goes, I clean these all the time. I was like, these haven't been done for two weeks. There's no way that you do these all the time. And she was like, and there's just these little sort of accusation. And, and I was sort of like, I, I was at a loss as to what to do because the expectation of the level, I was going, the only way I am going to deliver cleaning every fingerprint off every surface in this six bedroom house is is literally to be there myself and and I feel like as a customer service I probably failed at that point because I was going I can't do this I know we can't deliver it so I'm really sorry and I I wish I had been able to do that I don't know if that's customer service or or actually quality isn't it (laughs) yes maybe a bit of I suppose it's it's how you handled it as customer service isn't it and whether you felt you handled it right but what did you learn though and you know you must you do things slightly differently now and yeah, I mean, the, the lady was absolutely lovely to me. She was like, I don't blame you. I was like, well, I wasn't here, so you can't blame me. But 
you know, the service is terrible. I'm out there thinking, I don't think it is, but I think your expectations are unrealistic. I guess, what did I learn? I guess I learned to actually put in a proper, we have a quality system, but to enact that quality six system a lot faster. And actually, if I'm going to have, if I'm going to take on clients that are six hours a week and they do have mirrored surfaces on every surface, then I know that we can't wait for a complaint. We have to send that quality manager really for the first three times. Um, because I know there are certain clients that are higher risk that have been through a number of customers. And if I am going to take those on, then the quality system that I put in, one, they have to be charged more to have that quality system. And two, it's got to work. And so actually, it isn't just the customer complaint. It was then what do I follow up with the systems in my business? So it's learning to recognize specific clients and the management that you need of them, isn't it? They tell us, though, don't they? they're really really clear they they say you know I'm really difficult I've got through 10 cleaners in the last three months and you go okay then like they don't keep it (laughs) you know they are screaming I want better service and then you have to say okay am I going to deliver better service and if I'm not I'm only going to deliver my standard service then yeah it's not going to work Makes sense. One of the best things that we introduced in our business in terms of customer service was a feedback system. Mm. Every single clean, we asked for feedback, every single clean. And it, it made such a difference because it allows us to fix problems before they become big. So we do that. We do it a bit differently because you do it all online. And I'm an online lover, but we do it on paper. So we leave a card after every single clean. Yeah. And it's, I remember when we first introduced it, our team were terrified. They were like, oh, no, no news is good news. And I'm like, no, no, we're introducing it so that we can get loads and loads of positive feedback. And if there is anything that's not quite right, we have a chance to fix it. And that's exactly how it works. It's brilliant. We get 99.9 something percent positive feedback. And the little percentage that isn't positive, we get a chance to do something about it without the customer leaving. Yeah. I would say our customer service skills. A lot lot of us say, ours ignore the card, and I'll walk into 10 cards and go, oh, okay, then. So they do ignore it, uh, but it's a chance for them to feedback if needs be. And and what we found the biggest problem with customers is they, one, don't want to feedback, and two, the thing they want to feedback is too little. And so they don't want to tell the office because they go, oh, it's just a little niggle. It's just me. But, and they'll tell me if I'm face to face with them. So the reason we put these feedback cards is so they could write down their little niggle so we could know about it because they don't want to complain yeah no I agree with you we, we actually frame that up at the sales appointment that we want your feedback so if there's something that's not quite right we'd rather know so we can fix it than not know and it becomes because the trouble is something little that that fingerprint on a light switch when it happens every week it becomes a much bigger deal than just one light switch being missed doesn't it so. disproportionately angry you yeah. miss that light switch every time and we're like <laughs> and and actually you go it is they're not actually even talking about the light switch they're talking about the wall next to it that has a slight fingerprint and you go okay then so we were only cleaning the light switch but don't worry we could do more if you tell us yeah and but, but what happens is you're slowly driving the customer crazy by missing this one thing every time if you give them the opportunity to tell you you can fix it early doors and it never has to escalate to that level so yeah. Are we driving free customer service? Sorry, Louise. Are we really driving them crazy, or do they drive? Well, in their crazy? mind, they're probably driving themselves crazy. Yeah, that's the reality. But then yeah. they'll, you know, it's better to fix it. 
And do you not sometimes think, like, what is the rest of their life like? If <laughs> this life which is so important. <laughs> and they, by their own admission, they are disproportionately angry about this. And then and then you go, like I've had customers, oh, so we're supposed to be talking in favor of good customer service. But I've had customers that are like, I could do it better myself. And you go, you go on then, because I saw how your house was when we started and it was not being done well. And um, you have customers that have not done their skirting boards in six months. And then they're like, you have missed that skirting board behind the bookcase. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this, but again, it's it still can't be anything other than, OK, Mrs. Customer, we'll make sure that that gets done next time. That can be the only reaction as a business, can't it? Yeah, and you can't. You go. All right, how am I going to get behind your bookcase? You tell me what you want me to do, and yes, we'll do it. Yeah, that doesn't mean you don't often have, have the odd little rant behind the scenes. And <laughs> but I do think we, as cleaners, as the and the cleaning industry, we need to up our game a little bit. That's one of the major things I would like to see across the industry. I think, you know, it's not easy. Customer service is never easy, but from some of the posts I see come on guys we need to get better at this yeah absolutely and we know it's we know it's difficult we know it's difficult it's such a personal service but yeah we've got to nail this because it it sets the industry up for success doesn't it having the good customer service charging the right amount of money having profitable businesses it it helps us all doesn't it so practical obviously we've talked about ai chat gpt which i noticed has got very difficult to access now but there is now a paid busy, version, yeah. paid version 20 dollars a month but anyway um that takes the emotion out just whack the customer's email in and get a response back check it's suitable and not sarcastic right <laughs> adapt it as you need to but hopefully it takes the emotions out and and yeah. it can make you look i've got to say the one thing it is good at is customer service yeah and if it makes you look you know really professional really solid answer no emotion then yeah absolutely use some tools out there that are going to help it make it so much easier <laughs> love it well thank you diane let's go and uh, give some great customer service to some of our customers let's, let's try <laughs>